parents, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Joel? Matt? You know who we're talking to today. We're talking to what we call, or who we call, because she's actually a human and not a robot. We're talking to Lauren 2.0 today. Yes, Lauren 2.0. I think I gave her that name. It's a good we have name. A lot, we have a lot of Laurens in I our know world. what happened. She's probably more like Lauren 3.0 at this point. So she, but yeah, definitely. she's the second pregnant mom named Lauren that we've been interviewing. So that's why I called her 2.0. Lauren Malenos, yeah. right? There Am I saying is. that right? I hope so. And I Elements hope that- of Style, that's her blog. She's very fancy. She's so sweet and she's so cute. And she's so like, I have a plant in my background and I am the cutest. She's the best. She, I want to be her when I grow up. I really (laughs) do. Oh my gosh. I just got a peek into the twins nursery too, which has nothing to do with this podcast. But after we taped the podcast, she took me on a tour of the baby's room and it's so sweet. She got the, she got the milk street cribs, the ones that I dream about. Oh, the branch ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love those. So today we're talking to her about her and being pregnant with a chronic illness. I learned something now, in this podcast. Now to clarify, this is a chronic illness she had before she was pregnant. She has two chronic illnesses. She has scoliosis from her being a child, uh-huh. which is now going to affect her epidural. Okay. Ah, Things, okay. unfortunately, that we Thanks. don't think about, mm-hmm. right? And then she also has, um, hold on, I can't, I don't, it's not IBS. It's, um, it's a ul- ulcerative colitis. But there's actually, there's another term that she used for it with a P. You're going to have to listen to it. She's going to tell us all about it. But okay. this is something, the thing that like, I immediately called you after, I don't know if you remembered that, but she there's something called post birth control syndrome. Oh, right. Okay. Remember? Yeah. And I, I didn't even know that. this was like a thing. And I, I'm not saying that I know everything, but I do. I mean, I'm pretty much up to date on most things when it comes to anything below the belly button and ladies, mm-hmm. I'm pretty like, I read so you're basically an OB basically. Oh, I don't want to be an OB. <laughs> Don't add that to my list of res. I'm not ready for that. I will be a midwife though. That I would consider. Yeah. You don't have to cut into anybody. Yeah. I'm not into that idea. (laughs) So, uh, so this birth control, this post birth control syndrome led her to her ulcerative colitis. And now she's managing her pregnancy, which already screws with your bowels, just like a typical pregnancy. And so whether it's, you know, poop explosions, or I haven't pooped in a month. There's a lot of things that happen within a typical pregnancy. And this certainly adds a new layer of challenge to, uh, to this whole thing, but it was, it's really interesting to talk to somebody who has to deal with, um, a chronic illness in the background of everything that they do. Yeah. And I count my blessings that you know, all my, I mean, I guess everybody has a little something chronically, but you know, I'm not, pregnant right now. So I don't have to worry about all that stuff, but 
it's just, it really is like, I, I never really thought about how like every day she has to think about the way that she goes about her treatment and the way that she's planning her birth preferences for her delivery, especially with her scoliosis. And it's like having an, an added element of stress. Yeah. Right. Now you actually had a chronic problem that you didn't even know about till you had birth. And if you had no, which was mm-hmm. the, um, uh, what do you call it? My blood clotting disorder. Yes. If you yes. had known you had a blood clotting disorder while mm-hmm. you were pregnant, would that have added a lot of stress? No, I did know. And it oh. did add a lot of stress. Cause I had to do, uh, injections into my stomach okay. every single day of a blood thinner. What happened was, is that once you get admitted into the hospital, they, at the time, 215 years ago, they weren't doing that. They immediately put you on a blood thinner and like, like a hospital grade blood thinner, Mm -hmm. but that was a stupid thing to do because then they couldn't reverse the blood thinner in time. And then that led to my postpartum hemorrhage, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah. Times have changed, thank goodness. So those of you that are listening that are taking Lovenox every day, I was taking the yellow one, by the way, I think that's 30 milligrams was my, was my jam. But I have a few things. I have the blood clotting disorder and then I have this pineal gland cyst thing, which thank God I didn't know about because I would have been so paranoid during my pregnancy. So there's things that's ovarian that, cysts? No, I have that thing in my brain. Remember the pineal oh, gland right. the cyst? Other part of your body. Yeah. I, the, the ovarian cysts, I don't care about, I'm not using those right now. So whatever I have one right now on the right side, it's right there. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I guess, yeah, I never thought about that. I had a, a chronic issue. I still have to deal with it. Yeah. Like I'm not too stressed about it, but my husband's a lot more stressed about it than I am because this is the time in our family where you would get, um, a blood clot in your lung. I'm now at the age where pretty much every woman gets uh, um, a blood clot in their lung, but differences I know to be on the lookout yeah. and I have an exceptional medical team that I do not call doctor. I call them only by their first name because I hate calling people doctor. Although I'm sure that there's doctors listening that say I earned this title, but I refuse. I refuse. Same thing. I refuse to call our principal, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. I call her by her first name because you know what? I don't know why it's my own stupid issue that I have. Do you call I your call doctors, doctor, whatever, or do you call your doctor? I do call them doctor, whatever, but I do call our principal by his first name, but he's also younger. He's like my age. So yes. And he's cool. So I kind of feel like I can. He also introduced himself to me as his first name. So do you know, I'm what's like, oh, really oh. fascinating when the kids were in kindergarten, they mm-hmm. don't, they didn't call their, their teachers by their last name they call them teacher first name. Yeah. Well, that's pretty common with like preschool and. But do they call them teacher a man? Like they literally use the word teacher. Oh, it wasn't miss. Oh no, it was miss. Yeah. Like miss Katie, miss so-and-so miss, miss Margie. She was there for preschool, but yeah. But then once they got into kindergarten, it was, you know, um, whatever their names are. I don't even remember their teachers. (laughs) Mr. Kennelly. So I was really tripped out by that. Like it wasn't, you yeah, know, that's weird. Miss teacher. Amanda. It was teacher Amanda. Okay. It wasn't Miss Louisa. That's weird. It was teach. I know, right? Yeah, it is weird. What is the deal with that? But then it stopped at first grade. Huh. So just kindergarten, wow. it was teacher whoever. I don't, I didn't get it. Teacher Tanisha. I'm not understanding still. It's all dawning on me how confused I was by that okay. whole experience. And I'm traumatized. All right. So today. Let's go back to what we're talking about. To yeah. talking about Lauren. Why, Julie? 
You're going to, we're going to meet Lauren in a second. This is like, I'm having an epiphany. Jewel, did, what were you dealing? Were you dealing with, I shouldn't say, what were you dealing with? Were there any side stressors during your pregnancy? Um, I was very fortunate that I had very little medical issues throughout my pregnancy, except for my ongoing heartburn from hell uh, that I, I, I was able to manage it through daily medication. Um, but I had had um, an early miscarriage prior to that, like a couple months before I had IVF and had the baby. So I, I really um, doubted every day that I was going to yeah. be able to carry them to term. Uh, but then I did. I made it to 38 weeks and I worried every single day that that was going to be the day I was going to deliver. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, am, are these, are they ever going to come? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I got to like 35, 36 weeks and I'm like, holy crap. Like I, 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 I kind of thought they would be here by now, yeah. but now they aren't. And now when are they finally going to get out of me already? And cause I was like, I'm done, you know, every, pretty much every pregnant woman, uh, who has twins by like 35 weeks is like, when it, are we yes. done yet? Are we done yet? Please God, are we done yet? Um, yeah. And then when I <laughs> delivered at 38 weeks on the dot, it was like, Oh my God, the last two weeks, those are rough, but no, I, I, I actually was very lucky except for, it was mostly a mental thing, but I did see a therapist throughout my pregnancy. It was the same therapist mm -hmm. I saw immediately after I had my miscarriage. She was somebody who my reproductive endocrinologist's office had mm -hmm as part of their team for mental health. And so they referred me to her. So I was already seeing her throughout my infertility. And then I just stayed with her throughout the pregnancy because I was so worried something was gonna happen. Did, was that uncovered by insurance? Yes. I'm telling you, something's wrong with our country. I can't believe that like, it's, it's not standard. But I had really good insurance. I was on my, you know, Mike was working at the trading firm at the time. So mm -hmm. yeah, so we were, we were good. I wish like with, for your OB that had the mental health support, I wish that that was standard. I know. I wish and it was it, literally standard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was specifically through the, you know, the IVF clinic mm -hmm. that I went to. They were the ones who referred me. I don't know if, uh, if our, my OB's office has that. I don't even know, but it should be. It absolutely it, should be. It actually really shocks me that in every OB's office and every pediatrician's office that there isn't bonus support staff. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. And I wound up switching once I had the babies and I started having postpartum anxiety. Then I switched to yeah. uh, a therapist who specialized in postpartum mood disorders. Yes. And, and when, we're, awesome. when we're talking to Lauren today, you're going to see that she's like, I'm going to alternative treatments. She's not depending on... Um, you know, the, our, our medicine here, she's going back to chiropractic and she's doing a lot of different things and she's going to talk about it. So I want to introduce the world to Lauren on our podcast because she hadn't been a guest before, but if you want, you could see her on Facebook. So we did quite a few Facebook lives with her. So make sure you go and check those out. And she could, you could also find her on her own blog and follow along her journey. And what put her on my radar, besides of course her twin pregnancy, was that she was the first person that I had read about in that much detail on her blog about her colonoscopy. And she mm. had kind of like a surprise colonoscopy because they're like, yo, something's up. And so it was like quick, quick, quick. And when, you know, I always thought that was something that like, if you're above 50 right. that I have to worry about, and clearly she's not above 50. So are you ready to meet Lauren? Yes. All right, girl. Here's her story. Everybody. Here's Lauren. 2.0.
kids, I envy you. I so envy you because truth be told, your options have never been better with Dr. Brown's Options Plus Wide Neck Bottles. From nipple to base, it eases the transition from breast to bottle and back again. Each nipple is specifically engineered to offer the same consistent natural flow so that you and your twins know what to expect at every feeding. The new breast-like nipple shape is correctly contoured for a proper latch and a more natural bottle feeding experience. So together with the anti-colic internal vent system, your twins will feed with minimal fuss. And when your babies are no longer gassy, remove the venting system and continue to use the Options Plus bottle without the extra parts. Brilliant. It really is brilliant. You guys are so lucky. So for more information on the Dr. Brown's Options Plus bottle, visit drbrownsbaby.com. Lauren, officially, I know we've, we've now know each other for 222 years, but officially welcome to our podcast, your first time guest. Look at you go. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I love when I have people that I know on my podcast, not that we've ever met in person, but I don't think that would matter. I think that if, if, and when I meet you, I don't think it's going to be weird. I think it'll be great. I think you just throw me some other people might think it's weird when they see us meeting, but you know, that's that's a them problem. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to dive in and we asked Lauren to be a guest on our podcast specifically because she has a chronic illness and dealing with a chronic illness in conjunction with the multiple birth pregnancy, I understand is a lot of fun. Is this true, Lauren? Mary. Is this something that we're super we're duper on? fun? I knew it. I knew you just have to sell it. You just got to sell it to people that are listening right now that it's going to be a great experience. All right. So give us a little bit of, of background and let us know kind of the, the history that you've had. Typically, how often, you know, you went to the doctor before your pregnancy and then what is what led us to the point here today? Yeah. So in I'm going to start with a date and then back up a little bit, but in January of 20, yeah, (laughs) in January of 2020, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, um, to back up a little bit. Uh, I let's go back like 10 years because I think this is related. I got on hormonal birth control and was on it for about 10 years. I got off of it and about six months after getting off of it, I started noticing symptoms that I'd read about, um, just learning about post birth control syndrome and what that can be. And, um, I had acne, I had issues that I was ignoring and, um, fast forward to the end of 2019, uh, or briefly, I was kind of like, all right, I've never suffered from acne prior to this. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's all over my face and all the time, not just during a cycle. And so that typically means based on what I was researching, that that is a gut issue. And I was like, I, and then there are other symptoms that I'm just not going to mention here because it's, you should be in tune with your body and know, like if something is off, you know, you should contact a doctor. Um, so I had some other symptoms that I was just kind of ignoring, but it's funny because I was vain and acne was what finally got me to make an appointment for a gastroenterologist. And so I 
made an appointment and she uh, examined me at her office and basically said, all right, we're scheduling an emergency colonoscopy. And that is how I started off 2020. I ended 2019 with a rectal exam and started off 2020 with a colonoscopy should have been a sign that, you know, something weird like a pandemic was coming. But I'm so thankful that I had a colonoscopy and everything prior to the pandemic, because here in LA, like I, it's an um, option to have the surgery. And okay. so I, I don't know that I would have been able to have it as quickly as I did had I waited even longer. So, yes. um, in January I had the colonoscopy, it went well. And, um, she was like, she woke me up and was like, Hey, you have ulcerative colitis. I actually have specifically ulcerative proctitis, um, which is just the latter half of my colon versus the whole colon. Uh, which was good, I guess, in a whole lot of ways, which I'll talk about. But we got on one medication and that was, I saw her a couple months later mm-hmm. and that medication really wasn't helping. So we switched how the medication was um, being delivered to me. And so I get to do enemas every night with the medication that I'm still doing, which I'm very thankful for. Um, But it is a medicinal enema that I use every single evening. And when she switched me to that medication in March, it was like night and day. I had that January when I did my, um, what's it called? Inflammation test to see Mm -hmm. like how inflamed my body was. The numbers were over a thousand and um, normal is under 50. And so over time, around like October of 2020, we did another one and my numbers had dropped to below 50. I was at 23, um, which is just like insane of how inflamed I was. And, you know, I knew I was weighing more, but I was also like, I moved to LA from Texas. So like I was walking more, I was doing yoga five days a week. Like I was eating well, but even it's just so crazy because even doing all those things, it doesn't mean like you're healthy if you're ignoring other things that's going on. So, um, my numbers came down and yeah, I'm, they don't technically say I'm in remission, but as far as my numbers go, I am, Mm -hmm. and I'm still on medication and we probably would have done another colonoscopy just to go in and check and see how things are going, but I'm pregnant with twins now. And so that will have to be postponed until afterwards. But, um, I'm obviously here because I'm pregnant with twins and I don't know this for a fact, but like I do think if I hadn't have gotten my inflammation under control, like I would have had an issue, um, with pregnant, with getting pregnant or like keeping pregnancy. I did have a miscarriage at the end of, of 2019, just around when my, num- I found out my numbers had dropped or sorry, end of 2020. Um, when I found out my numbers had dropped. So I can't say that for sure, but I do think like had my body not been better, um, you know, I, I think that would have, I would have a harder time with this pregnancy and, and, um, so on. It is hard. Like I'm still on medication. Luckily my medication is safe for pregnancy, but I also think it's helpful because I basically monitor all my bowel movements. And I know that, um, constipation during pregnancy is very real, but like, because I'm on top of it, because like, I kind of know how to eat and like, I am on my medication. I really like knock on wood, haven't had any really issues with that. So that's, that's kind of why I'm here and how I got here. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that you, I love that vanity brought you to the doctor, which is wonderful because of course, not everybody has, you know, they, they might be feeling something and then so hesitant to go when they don't want to know. And it, it, the timing really worked out very, very well for you. Thank goodness. But now that Mm -hmm. you are 
kind of in, you know, the, the throes of your pregnancy, how has this affected doctor visits? Yeah. So I will see, I saw my gastroenterologist in March. So very early on in the pregnancy, and then I'll see her again next month. And so it didn't affect doctor visits in regard to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I I'm still seeing her every six months just cause of how recent my diagnosis was. I think it would have been drastically different had I been pregnant with pregnant with a singleton, but since it's with twins, like I am seeing an MFM, a maternal fetal medicine doctor. Mm -hmm. And like, as of right now, like I see a doctor every two weeks and there's just something that's on my chart and that we definitely look at. So I, it's increased in the last, I guess, month or so where I do see a doctor every two weeks, but I think part of that is twins, but I think ulcerative colitis is definitely another reason why they for sure, um, had me see an MFM. Now, any, was any of the medication that you were taking, were you ever worried about how it was going to affect the babies? Yeah, I would say I'm so worried about that. I mean, I don't know how many, they say that it's safe, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people they're testing and it's not like they have a control and whatnot. So yeah. And it's obviously it's, it's an, like I said, it's an enema. So it's like right there Yeah. (laughs) when I insert it every night. Um, it's, actually this might be TMI, but I feel like it's, it's just getting harder for me to administer. So I might need help soon just because of like how big like my stomach is and the ability to twist. So, um, yeah, it is something that I think about now when you wake up in the morning, how often is your illness on your mind and how has the pregnancy helped that? Like were before your pregnancy, were you very like consumed with it because it was kind of new too. And then the, did the pregnancy alleviate some of that? I think that, um, overall I was just so thankful to have a medication that worked and I didn't realize like how sick I was. Yeah. And like, when I, like I lost 20 pounds just from like the inflammation going mm-hmm. down and it wasn't 20 pounds that I gained overnight. Like I said, it was just gradual. And so because I felt so much better, I was like, I've never been more thankful for Western medicine. Um, and it, I, I'm just still so thankful because I think I would be in a worse place without it. And so I think I'm just more in a place of gratitude. And I, that is a mental shift that like I've had to work through definitely, but, um, just the gratitude that like a pregnancy would be way harder had I still been dealing with the symptoms that I was, cause they were not fun, whether it's urges or constipation. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was in the mix of both. Now, could I go back to something that you said? Cause I actually don't, didn't even know that this was post-birth control syndrome. I yeah. never heard of that, Lauren. Well, we only really, and I'm not an expert. We, I just read you a lot and of your books. medical panel. Go on. <laughs> you and your friends um, at the Mayo definitely Clinic. Tell me, tell me what they come up for with. yourself. But I, whenever uh, I'm not, and by saying I'm not against birth control, I think it's a very it's, it's very good. I think I just wish that I would have been informed. Mm-hmm. I was like an 18 year old. I had a super heavy period in, in, um, high school, you know, I'd often miss school or I'd like leave, leave class. And like, I don't, obviously it's the podcast. So you can't see me, but I'm fairly pale. Like, um, mm-hmm. and like, I would get more pale than I am now just because, um, of when I was on my period. Mm-hmm. And so I went to college and I was like, wow, I cannot miss class and miss out on like fun things, um, go ahead and put me on birth control. And I did, and it, it helped. And so, um, the problem is, is that it didn't address the issues of like the period. And so just put a bandaid on it from the, from the pill. Mm-hmm. And 
and also regarding acne, like I never had acne before. I know some people will get on it to help with acne, but I didn't have acne before. And when I did get on it, I did like break out, which is so, so annoying. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to fix one thing for another. But, um, I, anyway, I began reading and like just learning what birth control actually does. And then it basically mm-hmm. shuts off the communication from your brain to your ovaries or anything down there. And it just, I just wish that I would have known and that my doctor would have told me, or maybe as an 18 year old, I should have researched it, but I just wish I would have known like the side effects of it. And so when, mm-hmm. whenever I was coming off of it, like, obviously I was on it for nine, almost 10 years. And I didn't want to just like quit it cold Turkey. So I, I definitely read into it. So a doctor who I found, um, who is a naturopath now as well as Dr. Jolene Brighton. And I read her book, um, I think it's, I'm not sure it's called post-birth control syndrome or beyond the pill is what it's called. That's what it's called. Um, And so I just read all these things of, you know, like the best way to get off of it. Um, So, you know, I started taking a prenatal um, prior to getting off of it and and trying to like balance my hormones myself. Mm -hmm. So actually, um, I guess this is relevant too. last year in July, I had a cycle that lasted two weeks. So like I had a period and then two weeks later I had a period, which is very, very short. And, um, I went and sought out a hormone specialist. So I was like, I had tried to balance my hormones prior to this. I was aware of that. Like birth control had these would sometimes makes people go through like a second puberty and things like that. The bodies mm-hmm. are very different. So to say what my symptoms were would match someone yeah. else's just not the case, but we, birth control is only like 60 or so years old. So we don't know a ton about it. Um, I, I think it has granted women like the ability to go um, further and do other things. Um, and that's why I'm just, I'm not against it. I just, again, wish I would have yeah. been informed of like how it does deplete our nutrients and how that can affect your hormones and just your hormones being in line, um, also affect pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was just really important to me to like read up on it. And so that's kind of how I, I took a course she, Dr. Julian Brighton had, and I read her book and I just read up. And even that, I just wish I would have sought help sooner, which is one of my main points of this podcast is yeah. like, don't be afraid to see the doctor. I waited to see the gastroenterologist for so long because I was afraid of what she would say because I knew that something was wrong, which yeah. is just dumb. Like you should go to the doctor. And I had put off seeing a hormone specialist because like I was like, I can do it myself, which is just not always the case. And like, and I've talked to some of my um, pharmacy friends and they are just, when I talk about supplements, they're like, yeah, that we don't, I wish they'd taught us more about supplements in school because a lot of times people will just take them themselves without like, Uh, asking their doctor and things like that. So like I did take some supplements prior to seeing my doctor, but I, I felt more comfortable taking certain things once she told me like, yeah, you have high DHEA, which also contributed to like my acne along with my gut issues. So wow, I think that answered your question. And it did in (laughs) a loquacious way. (laughs) It's, it's fascinating because people, whether you know, you have a chronic illness, right? or whether you know that you have something that is chronically happening to you, because there's people who may not have something that's not diagnosed yet, but have been dealing with, you know, migraines since the dawn of time. And now they have their, you know, they're pregnant with twins. There's so much that goes into this. Now, did you have to make any modifications to like a birth preferences situation because of this? Like, are there things that can't happen because of your colitis? 
I don't think so. And to be honest, like I also have scoliosis. I wore a back brace for two mm-hmm. and a half years. And so that has been more top of mind for me than the colitis has. I've thought about like, hmm, I wonder how we're going to like, if, if I most likely will have a C-section. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder how we're going to administer that my medication <laughs> at night. Yes. Is the nurse going to have to come and do that to me? Like whenever I have a catheter or whatnot. Um, but as far as I know, we're not, it's not the topic at hand, but scoliosis has been more on my mind for that just because my mom has it and so I know when she had her epidural they like jabbed her several times like in her back and so that honestly has scared me more than (laughs) I feel like birth in general just because I have fight or flight syndrome and so like um I know how to like you know I have to lay down to get my blood drawn or to get vaccines or whatnot and I know Mm -hmm. how to can deal with it but that that honestly has been more top of mind than the colitis because again my medication has worked well, but I mean, I have thought, I know people talk about, like, you have to, I guess, poop before you leave the hospital. And so that has kind they of want made you me to. nervous. Yes. <laughs> that has kind of made me nervous um, as far as like, cause uh, I, I do try to go every day, but it's like, I'm also not straining because let's be real. Hemorrhoids are very real for me. That has definitely been more of an issue. I feel like um, I had them before. So during pregnancy, that has definitely been top of mind. Um, and then I think they're worse because I have colitis. Now, speaking about the scoliosis, how I'm assuming that you've never had an epidural for anything else before, no. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've never had a surgery that required this. And now this is going to happen. Do you speak to the anesthesia team now? Like, how does it work? And who does that for you? Cause now I'm nervous too about it. <laughs> um, I think it depends mine. Honestly, like if I were to stand up here, like to wear like in a swimsuit or something then you could see, and I can see it, but because I wore a back brace for two and a half years, um, it's not as bad. Now, if my mom were to show you hers, hers is worse. And she should have probably had the surgery. Um, I, the people who have it, like my mom has, mm-hmm. I've known to bring in an x-ray and they will come oh, prepared with that. Okay. It's on my chart. My doctor knows about it. And she, she's not worried about it at all. She just told me to, um, start doing physical therapy. So I okay. already see an acupuncturist who helps with like, she's been doing it on my back more, um, to help with that. And then I see a chiropractor every two weeks. I see both of them every two weeks. And then, um, mid August, I'm going to start physical therapy that will help with my back. And I've also been having some hip pain. It's from my also the twins are both head down now. So I think that's what's causing like the burning hip pain I'm getting in the middle of the night. But, um, also she wants me to do it just for scoliosis as far as pain management goes. And, um, and that was her main thing she suggested and she didn't seem worried. So I'm not really worried. I'm as little worried as I can be, I guess, because she's not worried. How do you balance all of the doctor visits with, (laughs) you know, prepping the nursery and your work and, you know, dealing with your hubs? How do you balance the whole thing like like is this just now normal now or you still are trying to figure it out probably not well I do think like even um my husband has said like I've done better adjusting than he thought I would just because I am type a and I'm very go 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 since I was so sick in the first half of my pregnancy like I had to drastically minimize what I was doing in the first place I didn't really leave my bed in the first trimester and so I was had already reduced like my work i I, um, my work, I kind of just put to the side if I need to. And then I like prioritize my client's work first. And then, 
as far as if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. But Nick, my husband helps out with a lot. Um, he's doing the laundry for me today. Um, and then like my parents came last week and they helped like start the nursery. And so that's, that was really nice just helping. So I'm definitely having to one, learn to delegate more and mm-hmm. two, just like lean on the help of others, which normally I'm just like, I can do it all by myself. I'm like, no, I can't do yeah. it. So I think it's definitely a mental battle, um, for me that I'm doing really well with, but I mm-hmm. think it's just still having to, to deal with it in the same aspect. I have a totally, this is just me asking you a question, but we're doing it on the podcast <laughs> uh, because your colitis was triggered by you coming off of your birth control. Is yes. there any possibility at all that your pregnancy could reverse that? Yeah. So actually I have heard of people who, who the pregnancy has gotten rid of it. Like it has like come off completely. And actually I think, um, so, uh, and also in regard to acne, like getting, Mm -hmm. like getting my inflammation under control, it definitely helps. But that's another reason why I saw a hormone specialist is because I was like this acne, I can't, I can't fix it myself and I need her to help me. And so like, I ended up having high DHEA, which comes off, um, similarly to high testosterone, which is like painful cystic acne and like, um, really, really, really clogged pores. And so, um, I think getting pregnant one has helped balance my skin and get it back to where it was, but also yeah. that is a very real possibility. I'm not sure how to test it other than just having another colonoscopy. Um, uh, I was already maybe considering getting a second opinion on my colitis just after the pregnancy, just because my doctor doesn't want me to come off of the medication. And I understand yeah. why, just because she's seen people who it's come back and been worse. Yeah. And like, you know, I and it was my so bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, so like, I understand, but I also don't want to be on medic this medication forever. And not even the fact that it's an enema, like that is annoying, but like, again, I'm very thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see like what that looks like. Um, yeah. so it's very real. And I think I just would have to have a, um, colonoscopy to see. Yeah. And with your, with your scoliosis, how has, how has your movement, your mobility been with, you know, losing your abs, right? Yeah. So now that, that you're getting yeah. your, your and you're, you're not even there yet. You're going to get a lot bigger, but how I'm not saying yeah. that to be negative. I'm just saying I know, that because I know. you're perfect <laughs> and I can't wait for you to get more perfect. Um, but how, what do your doctors say about anticipating some of the changes that your front's going to go through in dealing with your back? Yeah, I think that it's still, she just still recommends the physical therapy. And so I'll start that mid August, but it's also, I, my pain tolerance is pretty high. And also like, I wouldn't say I'm in pain now, but also like my life has pretty much been back pain. Cause I did, yeah. um, I didn't do like sports, but I did like dance and, you know, there were things that I would get bruises in certain places just from some of the moves that we were doing. And, um, so I definitely have, I know the parts that are tighter and my chiropractor knows where those are. So he will okay. definitely always like mess with those. And, and the main thing that I do see besides like, I have my upper curve, like in my um, like shoulder blade area on the left mm-hmm. side is very, very tight. Um, but the main thing we see because of it is because my hips are off. And so he always mm-hmm. adjusts my sacrum, which is all, already an issue with pregnancy. So I think that's why I go two weeks where some people could probably go further, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I know when the pain comes and I feel like I also have just like the, I'm used to back pain. And so it's, I don't know, they haven't said anything other than just like, keep doing what you're doing. So, yeah, that's a lot, Lauren, that's a lot to, to, to <laughs> deal with. 
It really is. And I mean, you know, I could say we're, th- I'm, you know, I'm thankful that your issues are the ones that you have. And that are, of course, there's people who have, you know, significantly more difficult issues, but everybody's worst is their worst, right? It's a lot to deal with. And when you're supposed to be, you know, planning joyful occasions, you have 15 things on your mind before you even get to have a celebratory moment. How do you manage the, the stress and anxiety of it all? Are you meditating? Are you, you know, taking 15 minutes out of a day to read a book? Like, what are you finding to balance the don't get consumed by your illness and enjoy the pregnancy? How are yeah, you dealing with and that? I, I'd say like, um, because I had a miscarriage, like that is my anxiety overall, anything. And so I feel like, I guess it's a blessing and a curse because I'm not necessarily thinking about my illness as much. Um, I'm definitely thinking about like, oh, like when's the other shoe going to drop, you know? And um, I think I won just, I I pray like whenever I um, feel something coming over me. Um, And then I also try to just focus on like the gratitude of like, whenever I do feel like a kick or like, yeah, I'm having rib pain, but like, I'm thankful that the rib pain is there type of thing. So um, I think both of those things are probably what I I do. Um, But, but it's not, it's still not easy. I feel like, again, like the miscarriage is probably, um, just like top of mind, I get very anxious, like leading, like it's, it's good now that I see a doctor every two weeks. Cause at one point I think I went four or five weeks and I was like, wow, it's just too long for me to have to go like before I like hear the heartbeat. Yeah. Um, but even so like the night before I have an appointment, I just get nervous. Um, and so I feel like that's the anxiety that I deal with the most over, you know, my back pain or things like that. Uh, it, uh, I'm, I really am. Like I said, I, I'm, stress that you have to deal with this. And then, you know, I do love that you have a plan for post-delivery. And when do you think that you came up with a post-delivery strategy for everything? Like how soon in your pregnancy were you like, okay, listen, we have to have a game plan for this whole thing. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like I kind of, because I've let go and been like, um, I don't know. I feel like you said in your book of just like, there is no plan. Like obviously like we're planning, but just like me and letting go of trying to check off all my to-do list of just like that I think has been the most freeing and like what has allowed me to be like, okay, the plan is there's no plan. I mean, there's things that I would like and I'm preparing, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I think just like releasing it, um, is probably what my plan is. So like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, I don't know when I'll deliver, like, yes, they are not going to let me go past October 7th, but like it could happen well before that. And like, who Mm -hmm. knows? Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think it's just like being as prepared as you can, but also like being able to relinquish control, which is Uh, hard. I'm secretly hoping for October 1st is their birthday because that's my birthday and I know quite a few sets of twins that were born on my birthday and I always get when I wake up in the morning of my birthday I always think about them first which is so cute yeah it's really it's really cute I get excited when I see October 1st 20s I I, I love that date (laughs) I love that day too because it's like just enough I knew who my friends were at school to know who I wanted to come to my birthday party (laughs) it was perfect yeah so much 
Lauren, I love you. I'm so excited that you're part of our family, whether you like it or not, it's too late now. We've already no, accepted it. you as our own. Uh, and I love that you're so willing to share. And I love that you shared your colonoscopy story on your blog. That's <laughs> yeah, the best. I mean, I mean, they literally told me like, oh, it's fairly normal for women of your background and age to have a colonoscopy. And I'm like, really? Because I've yeah. never heard anyone talk about it. Yeah. Like, it's let's not. talk about it. Yeah. It's not <laughs> Don't really be scared. That yeah. But I, I love that you are always out there and you're, you're so great with freaking offering up your knowledge to everybody else. And you're so cute and your husband's so freaking cute and they love it. Even the animals, you guys are the best. Yes. And, and I appreciate that you're, you're honestly, you're always putting yourself out there, whether it's on your, on the gram or on your blog, I, I still appreciate that. And I love following along your pregnancy. Oh, and I love you. that we have all these platforms. Cause I feel like, like, oh my God, that's my friend, Lauren, look at her picture. She's always so cute. <laughs> like, I, I love that about the whole thing. And we're going to put links below to Lauren everywhere so that you can follow along on her journey, whether you are listening to this, the day that it was released or in, in 15 years, when, uh, Lauren is trying to figure out how to deal with 15 year old twins. Oof. You could still, yeah. I'm positive, click the links below yeah. and find out more. But <laughs> if you are dealing with a chronic illness during your twin pregnancy, know that Lauren is here to answer your questions as well as our whole twin diversity family. And we will always help you as much as we possibly can. And you can email us yeah. at community at twiniversity.com. Lauren. I love you, Mamacita, and I can't wait till we have too. another Facebook Live. Thank you so much for chatting with yeah. us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. As always. And guys, I know you know where to find us because we're so easily found, but you could also send us a direct message on any social platform. So slip into our DMs. We love to hear from you too. And until next time, guys, see you later, alligators. Guys, I have something to tell you. I have some really big news, like really big news, not like fake big news, but I have wanted to create a Twiniversity app since we founded Twiniversity back in 2009. And guess what? It's actually here. So our app is finally launched and it's broken down into two parts for our expectant parents and our new parents. So for our expectant parents of twins, we have your pregnancy broken down week by week with fun facts, to-do items, and things that you might wanna buy. We even have a pregnancy symptom tracker that you could show your doc and keep track of all your great days and the days that, well, yeah, aren't so great. And for our new twin families, we have the mother of all twin daily trackers. You could keep track of your poops, your peas, your bottles, your breastfeeding, medication, doctor's visits, and more. And just like with our pregnancy section, we have a section just for our new families, and it's called your twins month by month. You'll also have to-do items, gentle reminders, and actually a lot more. You're also gonna love the photo album. So you could store sonogram pictures, bum pictures, and all those sweet smiles once they get here finally. So you get to keep it all under one roof in our secure cloud where you could share your login with multiple users so everyone could help you keep track of your 20s together. So for more information, visit twiniversity.com slash app.